0: taking some uh, verses from the Bible, and we are um, having a look at those in the way that they've possibly have been misunderstood throughout history. And we don't have a long lesson today, but probably one that's pretty important. One, this particular verse is one that you would all know. It's probably, even if you haven't been in church for a very long time, you would have come across this verse, because you've probably seen it on posters, on key rings, on pencils, on the uh, any number of things. As a matter of fact, this particular verse is used by more than just Christian people. It's used by a lot of people. Uh, it's found in Psalm 46 10. And oftentimes, this particular verse is on, the, only a little bit of it is used. So it's kind of like one of those verses that's maybe not as misunderstood as it is. Um, um, it's just not, the whole verse isn't used. And so the verse is, be still and know that I am God. Have you seen it somewhere? Yeah, everywhere. Um, be still and know that I am God. But do you know the rest of it? No, because it's never on the poster. Um, it's not listed. Um, and this particular, the rest of this verse, it's kind of like we used to have a guy in America called Paul Harvey. Have you ever heard of Paul Harvey. Okay, Paul Harvey was a guy who came on the radio, and he had this show called The Rest of the Story, and he would tell this story, and you get kind of the gist of this story, and then he'd lay it on you with with this surprise ending at the end, and you, you, you'd be kind of hooked. Um, he had a long, long career on the radio, and uh, uh, that was the name of his his little program was called "The Rest of." I'm Paul Harvey, and there's the rest of the story. That was his tagline, and um, that this verse is really a lot like that. It's be still and know that I am God, but there's something after it that gives it a real context and meaning. And so we're going to go through that a little bit today. So really, you know, this is on coffee mugs, desktop screensavers. Um, you know, all over the place, paintings with a mountain scene on the back. Have you ever seen that? Be still and know that I am God. You kind of see that all, all over the place. Um, it's uh, this particular verse is everywhere. So the general justice that we can provide for this verse is actually quoting the whole thing. You know, uh, it's, it's good to have part of it, but it really only gives you just a hint of what that's about. Um, I told you that other, other religions use this verse uh, because they, they have this idea that they want to achieve this uh, calm and peaceful uh, serenity uh, to empty one's mind and become totally still and one with the world. Uh, that's an Eastern mysticism kind of philosophy. And they use this verse too. Um, but that's not quite what this verse is actually talking about. Um, the the best justice that we can give to it is actually reading the rest of the verse and kind of get an idea of what this verse is really talking about. Um, Let me read it for you. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. So let me see if I can give you a, a simple English version of this verse. Basically, God is saying, stand back and watch me work. That's completely different than be still and know that I am God, isn't it? Because be still and know that I am God gives you this, oh, I've I've got to be totally still. (laughs) I can't do anything. I've got to just be one with the world. And really, this verse is saying, stand back, just stand back. You take a little time off, wait a little bit, and watch me work. Because I will be exalted. No matter what you want, I will be exalted. Whether you want to participate or not, I will be exalted. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the whole earth. Kind of a different meaning to that verse, isn't it? Than what we would typically think of. As his people, we can rest in the truth that he will be exalted in the nations across the the whole earth. There's there's nothing that can stop God from accomplishing his will. Nothing. Now, you can be a part of that if you want. But if you're not a part of it, he's still going to accomplish his will. He will accomplish. He will be exalted in the nation and all throughout the earth, whether we're a part of it or not. Everything God does and he says is intentional And it is with perfect timing that he achieves his will. Perfect timing. Not our timing, but always his timing. And that isn't always something that happens in a hurry. If you've been a Christian for very long, um, you've experienced God's delays, um, haven't you? If you've been a Christian for a while, you understand that his timing oftentimes takes longer than ours. David wrote these words. He said, I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail when I wait for my God. Psalm 69, 3. Sounds like he was waiting a bit, wasn't it? Psalm 62, 1 says, My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. Waiting is especially difficult. Especially in the light of the short lives that we live. Matter of fact, we have a really hard time waiting for things. Um, The more our society moves forward, the less patient, the less content our society becomes. And we have a hard time waiting. Raise your hand, have you had a hard time waiting at any point in your life? Yeah, we do. We have a really difficult time with it. I'm in my 50s and it's amazing to me that all my children are grown. That just blows my mind that now they're having children of their own. I still feel in my heart that I should be in my 20s and my 30s. Why are you laughing so hard? <laughs> <laughs> as, as Peter goes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I wonder how all of those years just flew by. I mean, just flew by. And if you're young here today, You need to understand that life does that. It flies by. It is short and it is hard to wait. It's difficult when the Lord makes you wait on certain things. There's so many lessons though that we can learn from our times of waiting for God's timing and his delay. I'd like to focus just on one point today, just one thing, the true meaning of this verse. And you might wanna take this in your notes so you can refer back to it later. But God uses his delays to teach us to trust him more fully. That's the one impact lesson that you need to get out of this verse. Is that God, when God delays, we learn to trust him more by allowing him to build that faith and trust in us more fully. That's what this verse is teaching us. He says, be still, wait. Wait and know and see me work. Just wait. You don't have to control this all yourself. Just wait. I will help you. I will guide you. But oftentimes we take the reins in our own hands and we just say, oh, I'm going for it. And I know what's best for me. I know what I feel is the best thing for me. And I know my passions and my feelings and my emotions. And and I know, I know what's best. Just four, four little uh, things that you need to remember to try and help you build this trust. And we'll go over those in a second. When you look in the Bible, do you see anybody that had to wait on God? What about David, the guy who wrote the psalm that we just read? How his, his throat was parched, his eyes were like red because he'd been crying and so emotional about having to wait on God. How, how long I, I I said to Katie on a way to church this morning I said look in the, look it up to and, and see how many years David had to wait between being told that he was going to be the king of Israel between being the king of Israel and how long was it you remember over 20 years God had told him you will be king of Israel as a young teen not not much older than you he was anointed king. He, you know, he, he They were. T- he was told, "You will be king of Israel." But yet he had to wait over twenty years to be that king. It's a lot of waiting. No wonder his eyes were so red and runny. No wonder his throat was parched for crying out to God because he had to wait on God. What about, what about Noah? Noah was told to build the ark. You know how long it was between the time that he was told to build the ark then he accomplished building the ark to wait on God? The estimates are between 60 and 70 years. It's not like Evan Almighty or whatever's that what's that uh, the movie. He gets it done in like 3 weeks on the sh- on the movie, right? But he does have the animals help. That's true. So, but it's it's a long time, isn't it? How much faith getting up every day for 60, 70 years going, God said it was going to rain. I guess I better hit some some nails today because he said it's going to rain. I would have quit a long time before that. I might have put in 20 years, but 70 years, that's a long time to wait. What about Abraham? Abraham was promised a son. He was promised a son, and how long did he wait until he got it? Over over 25 years. He was 70 when God said, you're going to have a son. He didn't have any children, did he? And Sarah did what? His, his partner, his wife, she she laughed. Am I really going to have a son? I'm too old for that stuff. But yet later on, when they were almost 100 years old, They had Isaac. Over 20 years, they had to wait. So this idea that God uses his delays to teach us to trust him, it's all over the Bible. If you look at all the Bible characters, a lot of them had to wait. And yet sometimes we won't even wait a week or a month or even a year. To allow God to make it just right so his timing is perfect for us. Oftentimes we won't wait. Here's some some ways that you can begin to develop this character quality in your heart. When God says for us to wait, we have to trust him by submitting our agenda to his agenda. There's nothing wrong with desiring Things, and there's nothing wrong for hoping things for your future. We all should dream about what God may do through us in the future. We all have those hopes of how He'll work. But we should plan as much as we're able by setting godly goals for our lives, not our goals for our lives. After all the planning and the goal setting are done, you know, we know where we want to go. But after all of that's done, all of that's finished. We need to be humble enough to, to, to bow before God and say, these are my plans, Lord, but if you have different plans, I'm open to those, and I will follow you, whatever whatever your plans are. So it's, it's just like Jesus prayed in the garden, right? Lord, not my will, but but your will. That's right. Lord, not my will, but but your will be done in my life. I trust, what you're saying when you say that is, I trust your agenda, I trust your plan better than I trust my own plan. You may have your own plan, but be humble enough, be humble enough to set aside your plan and say, well, whatever God would want here. It's more important that I follow God than I follow myself. Right? So when God delays, you have to be, You have to trust him by submitting our agendas to him and allowing him to guide us. Uh, Secondly, when God tells us to wait, we have to trust him to accomplish his will through us by his power. God wants us to trust him when it seems as if some evil people are blocking our ability to move forward. We usually don't understand the reason for God's delays. Sometimes we think, why is he waiting? Why is he waiting so long? But we need to know and trust that he knows what is going on, that he has everything under control, and that he is not frustrated in the least by the whims of other people who are trying to attack you. What that means is we have to trust him to accomplish his will despite Opposition, anybody else around us that's trying to attack us or trying to uh, destroy us or discourage us. Because oftentimes we live our lives according to who? What other people think of us. And the moment someone changes the way that they feel about us, what do we do? We start to question ourselves. We start to say, well, am I really going down the right path? Or am I really doing the right thing? Maybe they're right. You have to trust that God knows what he's doing. And no matter who attacks you, no matter what they say, you need to trust that he knows what's best for you and that you will be able to follow him and trust him to know that that's true. I say this to my students all the time. Matter of fact, I had two or three students this week that came in my office and they were crying because someone called them a name. Now, you know, think that that's a big deal. But for a year four student, that's a big deal, right? So they come in, they're crying. This person keeps calling me this name. I know I'm not that, but it it makes me feel bad every time they call me this name. And so I'm trying to help them learn this lesson that I'm saying to you right now. This idea that don't give other people the power to control how you follow God and how you live your life. Why, are, why do we do that? We give other people that power. Don't do that. It's not right. Don't allow other students or other adults or other people at your work or in your schools, don't give them power to, to make you feel a certain way. God thinks you're wonderful and special that's what I told this, these kids today. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made and created in the image of God. And no matter what somebody tells you you are, don't give them power to make you feel any less than that. And that's what this point is. Trust that God knows what he's doing. Allow him to fight those battles for you. Don't give p- other people power. Thirdly, when God makes you wait, we have to trust in him, not our circumstances. This is a big one. Because we live life according to our circumstances, unfortunately. Because we define our life based on our how much money we've got. We define our life how much uh, good stuff is happening in our life, rather than how much bad stuff is happening. Because when all the bad stuff is happening in your life, you go, what? My life sucks can't believe it, all this bad stuff coming down on me, okay, can't believe my life is, is so bad, well, you're living life according to your circumstances, right, according to the stuff that's happening, and, and that's normal, but what I'm saying to you is we need to learn to trust God even when our circumstances are bad, that's a big thing, Even though we are seeking to trust in the Lord, it is easy to put our hope in our circumstances instead of the Lord. And if we trust in our circumstances, we are going to have a roller coaster type of Christian experience. What's going to happen? The circumstances get better, and we're going to think, oh, I'm the best Christian ever because my circumstances are good. And then when the circumstances go down, we're going to think, oh, I'm a terrible Christian. I can't believe I'm so bad. And that's the way we live our Christian life this up and down amen you've you've done it you've lived it i know because it's a very big temptation for all of us boom 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 circumstances up and down and up and down and what god doesn't want that for you because that's really not the truth it's a lie your relationship with god is the same doesn't matter what your circumstances are i'm not saying you won't feel them you will you'll feel sadness you'll feel hurt Um, You'll feel all those emotions that come with them. But if you could step back away from those emotions just long enough to know that God is with you the whole way. He's with you whether your circumstances are bad or whether your circumstances are good. There's a story about uh, a guy back in 1812 and his family, the Judson family. And the Judson, uh, Mr. Judson and his new bride, Nancy, they left they're familiar and comfortable New England surroundings. Um, and they went to Burma um, to be missionaries. And they went to Burma. And if you look, read through their life story, you quickly realize that nothing but bad things happened to them. Over and over, things happened. After a difficult four-month voyage just to get there, they arrived in India only to hear the discouraging reports about Burma and learn that they could not go there. <laughs> because of the unrest. They spent a year moving from India to South Africa to other countries just to try and get in to Burma. Finally, they got in, they managed to get aboard a ship heading for Burma. And while they were going, after waiting all that time, Nancy gave birth to a child and the child died. And she actually nearly died in childbirth. They finally arrive They begin the arduous task of learning the language and knowing, getting to know the people. And the Burmese people were committed to Buddhism. And so they were very close to Christianity and its teaching. And they didn't know the language very well. And they only had one other couple there that understood English that they could fellowship with. And literally weeks after they got there, that couple moved away. And so they felt so isolated, and so alone, and they struggled. They ended up having a son, and that son brightened their lives, but when he was eight months old, he became ill, and because of they had no medical attention, the baby died. Six years, they finally had one convert. Six years after being on the mission field. They finally had one person that bothered to listen to them about Jesus. Can you imagine? And they still kept going. In 1824, later, they there was a war in Burma, and they had to uh, go through that. They were arrested, they were tortured, they were imprisoned on false charges as spies. The conditions and the torture in in the prison was terrible. Uh, the The father suffered with a fever. Uh, the wife um, suffered as well He fought they fought depression and they struggled against numerous setbacks But they kept going and At the age of 62 they passed away The father passed away but today in Burma and we actually know a family that was affected by this particular missionary, uh, Akka and Jill. We were at their house, and they started talking about this relatively unknown missionary to us. And it was this gentleman that had gone over there many, many years ago. And now in Burma, 600,000 Christians are Christians today because they didn't define their faith in God by their circumstances. Because they knew that God was going to bless this at some point, in some way, God was going to bless their faith in Him. So maybe, when your circumstances aren't so hot, you should maybe look look back on, on people who've gone before us who've really toughed it out, who've really said, I'm not going to define my life by these circumstances. I'm going to follow God wherever he leads. When God delays, we have to trust him. We have to trust him. And we have to figure out that he knows what he's doing, despite the circumstances around us. Lastly, when God makes us wait, we have to trust him by doing right, even if we do not reach our goals. We have to do the right thing. Sometimes sometimes when we do the right thing we miss out on some opportunities with our life. Sometimes we miss out on some what we would consider fun. But like I've told my kids and I've told this church over and over again, God will always bless what He will always bless doing the right thing. If you do the right thing, he will always bless it. That's a guarantee it will always turn out for our benefit and for his benefit when we do the right thing. So I encourage you that when God tells you to wait, wait because the right thing will come along and do the right thing. Because we're tempted to take control. We're tempted to push things too quickly. We're tempted to cut corners. Uh, you You see this young drivers cutting corners, right? Lying on their hours. Right just to get their hours in so they can get their their uh, Their driver's test done. Okay getting in the car and they're completely not ready to drive because they haven't done the time God will always bless doing the right thing Even when no one else knows he will always bless it Young drinkers same thing we always try and rush we want to do everything right away even though our bodies and our minds aren't ready for it. We always try and do that thing. We always try and rush it. We always try and rush it. That's, you know, our credit card system is based on this, right? Our whole, The whole system of credit is based on the fact that they think you're not going to wait. <laughs> Matter of fact, they're counting on it that you're not going to wait. You know why they do 60 months free interest? Because they know that you're not going to pay it off in 60 months they figure that we're going to get some interest eventually of it they're counting on that our whole credit system is based on this idea that we aren't going to wait that we want things now we want what we want and we want it now that could be our catch cry right of our society we want what we want We want it now. I'm telling you that this verse is saying, let me bless you with what you need and let me bless you with a life that will fill you with peace, love, joy, and contentment. Let me bless you. I will work. Just sit back and let me work. Have faith in me. Have trust in me that I will do the right thing. How long have you been waiting to go to Africa? Seven years. years. Probably never thought it was going to happen. Probably happened at the least moment that you thought it would never happen and God in his timing makes it happen. When he knows it's the most opportune time. That's how he works. We have to sit back and not be tempted to push it through ourselves be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in all the earth Psalm forty six ten. stand back guys and watch him work have faith and just see what he has planned for you trust and walk with him might want to start this week might wanna start this week. Think about, this is your take home today. Think about some opportunities, some times in your life, some things that you're going through currently that you, that you just are, are trying to push through, that you think, I've gotta do this quickly. I've gotta get it done. Think about, you might have one or two things popping into your brain right now that you think, oh, I've gotta get this done right now. I've Gotta get it done. I would challenge you to, to write those one or two things down and begin to, to think about, why am I in a hurry? I wonder if you were to step back and ask God, could you work in these areas? Just, just give him time and give him space to work. You might be waiting, but ultimately it will be much better for you and it'll it'll happen at the right time if you stand back and try not to take control of it but stand back and allow him to work through it i know you'll be blessed because of it be still and know that i am god does it mean something different now it should step back and let your god bless you and give you a life that's full of grace peace love and mercy and contentment aren't those the things we want anyway aren't those the things that we're working so hard to try and provide for ourselves but yet he provides those things for us at the right time just when we need them most so thank you guys for listening appreciate it do some work on this this week think about it think about those times in your life where you're you're trying to rush through things and you're trying to get it done and and allow god to Take a step, a step back and allow God to work a little bit harder for you. God, we thank you for just the lesson the, that this uh, verse is teaching us today. Um, I pray specifically for each and every one here that you give us time this week, that you give us some gaps in our schedule so that we can sit down and talk to you about uh, what this means in our own life. Uh, to truly take a step back and be still and watch you work in areas that we're trying to maybe take control of so we just ask you give us that time to do that Um, lord speak to each and every one of us teach us and guide us may we be better followers of you um, this week than we've ever been before we ask this in your son's name amen amen all right let's go get some morning tea i think we have some